That is the most confident thing in the world when you show up as someone who knows what she wants. I am my own worst critic. We are our own worst enemies. If we can also remember that, it's just really important to take a step back that your thoughts are not the truth. And your thoughts are actually something that is keeping you from living the life that you want and finding the partners you want. And confidence in the bedroom or confidence in the boardroom really just starts with you. I mean, I'm confident because I know myself now. And isn't that what confidence is about? Sex with Emily in the house. <laughs> back. What's back up, at girl? you. Good. So happy to be here with you, oh, always. I'm so excited. We've spoken about so many different things in regards to sex. Today, I specifically want to talk about confidence and how that affects us showing up in the rest of our lives. And I've got a quote of yours, actually. Okay. Perfect way to start. Confidence is everything. It affects the way we perceive ourselves, how we interact with others, and definitely shapes our sex life. Mm -hmm. So how on earth, if we're single, are we able to gain the confidence in ourselves in order to then put ourselves out there to then date and then be in a relationship and then get the confidence in the bedroom? Okay, well first let's just start with being single. I think that a lot of people think of single as this this stopover that I'm just gonna stay single and when I'm single, I can't wait to be in a relationship. But I really would love to encourage people that when you're single, it is such an excellent time to really get to know yourself, get to know what you're into, you know, what kind of friends you like, work on yourself, work on your, your mental health. It's such a great time to go to therapy and think about what do I actually want in a partner? What do I want my life to look like? You know, a lot of us just sort of desperately are swiping through apps and we're trying to meet somebody, but we're not doing the important work that will allow us to make the best decisions going forward. We're not going to pick always the best partners if we're just, you know, coming from desperation mm -hmm. or coming from a place of lack or coming from a place of a deep insecurity that this person is going to complete me. I would just like to debunk that whole, like, you complete me thing. When we're looking for someone and we think this person's gonna fill me up and complete me, it's essentially saying I'm a half a person and I'm looking for another half a person and we're gonna become whole. But I think that that is such a faulty way of thinking to think that we're some way broken and someone's gonna fill us. So I think the more we can work on just becoming whole ourselves, we're more likely to attract a whole person. So that's important, think about that. So the confidence, I think, you know, when I think about confidence, I think that so much of it comes from our own limiting beliefs, our negative self-talk about ourselves, which sometimes it's so, we don't even know that we're doing it. We believe it's just the universal um, belief that we are bad, we are wrong, we are stupid, we are unlovable. Let's say we got out of a really bad relationship and we have these limiting beliefs and negative self-talk that I am not lovable, this person broke up with me, maybe someone ghosted you. Maybe you had abuse. There was just a lot of things going on in your past relationships. I think it's really important to first heal and do the work and think about what, what was it in this relationship that didn't work for me? What did it leave me feeling about myself? And what are the lessons I can learn? Because mm -hmm. sometimes we're leaving an unhealthy relationship and we think, I can't bear to be alone with myself. I'm just going to grab the next person that's interested in me. And then we continue to repeat these patterns of dating people who are unavailable and not right for us. Everyone can kind of relate to, you know, oh, I always date the bad boy or I always date the bad girl. And why, why, why does this keep happening to me? Well, it's happening to you because you are making choices that are not coming from a place of, of a deeper knowing and, and, and doing that work. So when I say do the work, I'm a huge fan of therapy because that's really going to help you kind of break down the 
the, the patterns and knowing yourself. I think it's okay to kind of think about, you know, what did I do wrong or what would I like to learn from these relationships? It's not that you are a bad person. You know, sometimes we take these beliefs like I'm bad and I'm not lovable. It just means you were with somebody maybe that wasn't the right fit for you. Maybe there was some, you know, choices you made along the way. There's just a lot of great information that we can learn. So I always recommend take some time, learn about yourself before you go back out there and date. I'm so glad you said that. And there was one thing I didn't want to interrupt okay. you, but so far, because this is the problem that I worry about is if you're with somebody who, let's say, cheats on you, betrays you, um, there is a, a part, at least for me, there would be a part that would absolutely, my confidence would get knocked because I would think it was about me. I would, th even if I can say, well, he doesn't know what he has, right? Like we can all kind of try and brush it off. But ultimately, I think deep down, I would worry, is this a reflection of me? Is this a reflection, am I pretty enough? Is my body good enough? How do we start to actually then unwind? What would you actually recommend if somebody is in a situation where they don't feel good enough, then they don't want to look in the mirror? right? Because they just, they don't have confidence in their own body. We could talk about body confidence yeah. for a minute, but first, I mean, I just want to go back to the toxic relationship. That is a pattern which is important to go to therapy, understand the pattern. Sometimes it comes from our childhood. It comes from our parents. It comes from, you know, it's something like sometimes we're attracted to partners that are, you know, mimic something that we saw in childhood. And it feels safe and comfortable, but it doesn't mean that those are the kind of people that you need to keep, continue to choose going forward. Mm. So body confidence is a whole nother thing. So here's the thing. There's a lot of talk about body love. You need to love yourself. You need to, I just like to get people to like body acceptance or body neutrality. It's okay if you're neutral about your body, but if you're walking around in a body that all day long you're thinking, I hate my body. Um, I don't like the way my thighs look. I don't like my breasts. It's going to be really hard to not only attract a partner that is going to also feel good about your body. If you're walking around hating on your body, but it's going to be really hard to step into your own sexuality, to feel sexual, to feel like you are deserving of pleasure, to feel that you are somebody that, um, that, that even knows how to sink into your body and ask for what you want. So it starts with, I have a few you know, tips for, for people who are suffering around this because we all do. We all go through phases of our lifetimes of feeling not great about our bodies. So remembering that if, if this is you and this, this resonates, there's one thing, and that is the exposure exercise, is what we call it. It's sort of the mirror exercise. Mm. And this is a practice of taking off your clothes, being in your room alone, no one's around, no one has to be around, and you're actually looking at your body naked. You are, you're saying that people don't want to look in the mirror. I'm asking you to look in the mirror at your body and say, what is it that you like about your body, that you that you, I mean, it could be, I love my feet. My feet allow me to walk, walk up these stairs. My feet allow me to move across the city. You know, my hands, my great ears. I love these earrings. We can all find things on our bodies that we like. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the first practices. And some people are like, oh God, I couldn't do that. You don't have to strip down naked the first time. You could even just start by looking into our, into your, your own eyes, mm -hmm. looking into your face. We often don't do that. We just we don't make eye contact with others and we don't make eye contact with ourselves. And so I encourage that. I love that you actually even broke that down even further because I, that was going to be my follow-up question because sometimes people are just like, I don't even have the confidence to undress, let alone undress and then look at myself in the mirror. So having that kind of stepping stone is great. Yeah. Um, and then just even thinking beyond that, like what you were insinuating, which is, you know, if you're not, com in fact, I actually have a quote, this will hit the nail Very on close. the head. 
Hands down, men and women say confidence is the sexiest trait in and out of the bedroom. Amazing. So now, if we want to be attractive to other people, not attracted, but attractive to other people, making sure that you feel good about your body when you're walking into the bedroom is so important. Because I even remember when I first had sex with Tom, I was like, light up, please. Like, as, as low lights yeah. as possible. And then realizing, wow, confidence in and of itself is such an attractive trait to somebody that even if you don't feel confident, if you can learn to appear confident so that you start to feel it, it then still has the same knock-on effect. It does have the same effect. It can have the same effect if you think, this is what confidence looks like, you know, kind of like the fake it till you make it thing. But I do think that that can absolutely work. But if you think about it, if you are walking around and you are not feeling good in your body and you're hating on your body, because well, I hear from so many women who think I'm never in the mood for sex and or my partner doesn't know what I want in the bedroom. It's like, but if you are constantly like bashing yourself and you have this negative tape going all the time, it's not like you're gonna be able to spring into action when you're supposed to be, you know, having sex and being in a sexual moment. So I think that, and that's another thing, if you have the, like, the lights out, right? That whole lights out in the bedroom is such a, that's so common all the time. With women though, right? Women. But some men too. I hear it from men. I hear from all people that we want the lights out. And to me, that's a sign. So if you're thinking, I'm not sure how confident I am. If you only want the lights out and you're doing the sidestep backwards to the people. I always hear from my friends. I remember saying that they, they'd have sex with somebody. And they're like, then they get out of bed and they walk backwards into the ba bathroom <laughs> after sex because they don't want anyone looking at their bum. I know. So that's why this movement to exercise or looking in the mirror or mm. moving your body, doing dance, doing um, anything to make you feel more connected to your pelvic floor, especially as women, we have like these S curves in our body. There's like the pole dancing classes, mm. which I used to think those were kind of silly because why would I want to do a strip tease for my partner? How is that helping me? But that's, it's actually all about women getting confident in their own bodies. So finding a dance class near you, something that's like sensual dance and just moving your body even if it's exercise or swimming or running like being comfortable it being embodied and in your body so that is just a really important like moving it and feeling safe and then also with these partners feeling comfortable like the confidence comes also from from our bodies comes from communication and talking to our partners about what we actually need and what feels good to us well there's actually one thing that you just said that i didn't want to interrupt you but it was amazing um I felt that when I started to date Dom, Tom and I started to sleep with him, all my insecurities, right? And like you said, everyone has parts of their body that's insecure. I actually thought I've got the best strategy. I'm going to tell him that I know that they exist. That way he just knows and I don't have to worry about it. Of course, that was a terrible strategy now in hindsight. But I really thought that if I tell him, babe, I know I've got a rib popping out. Yeah, I know this ugly rib. Like I actually thought if I made him aware that I knew it was ugly, that he then would be okay with it. But what I was doing is just showing him more and more my insecurity. And at the time I thought it was a great strategy because I <laughs> thought it relieves me from the worry that, oh my God, is he gonna notice that I have a sticking out rib? Well, because the concern. And so I thought, get confident, Lisa. The confidence means just say it. Well, of course, now looking back, that wasn't the right strategy. The right strategy would have been, you need to get confident in that rib before you even sleep with someone or before you even think about it, get confident within yourself. And then why do I have to mention it? If he thinks that this is something bad on me, then that's on him and then he's not the right partner. But that comes with freaking confidence, right? That comes with having to over time build that up.
And I remember thinking in the flip side, would I want him to keep coming to me, saying to me all the time, babe, I know that this isn't good. And babe, I don't, I know this part of me isn't great. And I know that this bit's getting a bit flabby. And I know that, I'll, no, that wouldn't be attractive. Like I, I would actually rather him fake like, hell yeah. Like I would be attracted to him. And I think then the, the sexual tension would then give him the confidence. Um, but by pointing it out, it's not an attractive no, thing. No, it's not as attractive. It's really not. I mean, we, we always say confidence is the most sexiest thing in the bedroom or in a relationship, and it really is. And so I think that that's such an important point you're making, though, because we all have things about ourselves that we don't, that aren't our favorite parts. But why don't we lead with what we do like? Why don't we lead with parts of our body that, you know, you don't ha and also I want to say you don't have to get completely naked in the bedroom. I always encourage this with women, especially if there's like a, you know, something that you feel sexy in. I mean, there's all this lingerie, maybe that works for you, maybe it doesn't, but maybe you love, you know, shirts with ties in them. You love a tie around your neck, or you love an off the shoulder blouse, or you love wearing like little skirts or shorts. You can leave your clothes out. If that's gonna allow you to move and be truly embodied with a partner, like do you. Mm. That is the most confident thing in the world when you show up as someone who knows what she wants. So when we're talking about that, it's like you, a lot of women too are also focused on the the the, the external part of sex, which is how they look, mm. and we're in our heads the whole time. But when we're in our heads worrying about sex the whole time, we first of all the blood is washing away from our genitals and it's going to our head, oh, and so we're no longer we're not me. turned on, we're not aroused. That's so true. Yeah, but when we are really, and I'm going to say it again, embodied, which means like you are in your body. Mm -hmm and you understand your own pleasure and what feels good. Now this takes from work on your own, whether it's masturbation, it's, it's communication with your partner outside the bedroom about what feels good. When you are truly having more pleasure, more orgasms, more arousal, and you deeply understand your arousal and your turn-ons, it sort of trumps everything else. You will no longer be focused on your little ribs, your thighs, or whatever it is that's bothering you. You will be connected, you will be, you know, aroused and turned on and, and, and ready to have sex. And I love that, but the funny thing is it feels like a chicken and the egg, right? Like which one comes first? It's like, well, the more you're having great sex, the more you're orgasming, the more you're masturbating, the better and more confident you will feel. But if you don't have the confidence to allow yourself to orgasm, to masturbate, then it doesn't have the knock-on effect. That's exactly, that's exactly it. And so that's what we have to, and also I want people to know that confidence is not a destination. Yeah. Confidence is a journey and it is a lifetime journey. It is something that some days you're feeling really confident, some days you're not. And I wish that I would just love to normalize that process. And what really helps me and others that I, you know, I advise is like keeping affirmations that are, if you have a negative self tape, that's I'm fat, I'm not lovable, no one's going to like me, I hate my thighs, I have weird vulva, you know, my labias are strange. You have got to, it is, it is imperative that you have the flip side of that thought. I like my body. My body gets me from point A to A to B. I am somebody who's, who's available and responsible for my own pleasure. I deserve, mm -hmm. you know, I deserve to feel good. And um, all the things, all the ways that you, you just have to find your, your flip side of that, your affirmations, your, you know, and it helps to have them in your phone or to write them mm -hmm. out. It is a very powerful practice and it is a, and it is a process and it is practice, but it again, it is not a place that you arrive and you are always confident because also our body is always changing. Mm -hmm. Our body changes from year to year, decade to decade, sometimes month to month. And if we are reliant on feeling 100% confident every time we have sex, 
most of us would just be celibate for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that comes from from finding partners that we trust and that we feel, you know, we, they make us feel like the best version of ourselves. Especially if you've been with people who don't make you feel that way, you might have a hard time believing that those people actually exist, but I promise you they do once you've identified that negative pattern you have of dating people who aren't available, who make you feel bad. You, you, it will no longer be interesting to you to date those people, but you'll start to feel like how good it feels to be with a person who just, who accepts all of you. Mm, I love that. There's two things there that are so freaking powerful. First of all, you saying that um, confidence isn't the final destination. Girl, I'm so freaking with you. I think that we've got so caught up in this is what I need. But the way that I actually like to say it is it's the tool you use to get to what you actually want. So people think what I actually want is confidence, but that's not true. What you actually want is confidence to to do what with, to feel good in the bedroom, to be to be sexually open. Okay, then that's your goal. The goal isn't the confidence in and of itself. So now instead of getting ourselves all tied up in how do I get to the actual confidence, I'd like to kind of shed all that and say, okay, how do I now feel good with my partner naked? It's a totally different framing, right? Because now it's not a, do I have confidence, yes or no? It's a, okay, I know what I'm trying to get to. Now, Emily's just are very beautifully articulated that I can look in myself in the mirror first. I don't have to get undressed and then I can take my shirt off, right? Then it becomes very tactical. Then it becomes, don't get in your own head about if you have the confidence or not. Just take the steps and then go, now I am working towards, and you even said it's the journey, I'm now working towards getting comfortable with my partner. I freaking love that. So the second thing I actually remember you saying is about how your body changes. I think that is so important. And the reason why I think it's so important is because for me, I plan to be with my husband for the rest of my life. Yeah. My body is going to change. I was 21 when I met him. That's So do I think I'm going to be have the same tight ass <laughs> <laughs> when I first met him to when I'm married and in my 80s? Of course not. So now I actually do the internal work in my 40s. I'm in early 40s. I do the work now. Now. So that when I'm 80, I don't feel bad about myself because I know it's coming. And instead of it like blindsiding me when I get to 80, that all of a sudden my boobs are hitting my feet, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I've already done the internal work so that I can't wait to get there. And the biggest thing that I do with that, and I'm still on my journey, but the thing that I do was um, a friend called Lillian Garcia told me that she went on stage she did this big announcement. She was like hosting WWE and it was her birthday and she lied about how old she was. And somebody pulled her aside and said, you either have a choice, get old or die. And if you're getting older, isn't that better than dying? So why not celebrate it? And that changed everything for me. I was like, yes, now if I get the sunspots, if I get the wrinkles, right? Like if I get all the things where I'm like, oh, my, my thighs aren't as, you know, how they used to be in my 20s, I just say, but Lisa, would you rather that or would you rather be buried in the ground? Exactly. And it just makes it me allowed to settle into my body changing, my body growing and the beauty that comes with the age. There's so much beauty and wisdom that comes with aging. And I think it's really hard with women too because we sort of glorify like the dad bod mm -hmm. or the silver fox. But for women, we're getting older, and it's like, you know, it's just, it's not as glorified. Like, I can't, I wish women were like, oh, how great that she's getting round in the middle and the hormones. We don't talk about any of that. And it's so, it's, it's really more of a struggle. And so it's more about how you show up for yourself is mm -hmm. how you're going to show up for everyone else. And if you feel that this is kind of just 
a lot. You know, they'll be hearing like exposure exercise and just, you know, fake it till you make it. I, I understand that. And also in thinking about the conditions, do you realize that you are deserving of sexual pleasure? That you would love to have an intimate relationship? That you deserve to feel good in your body? That exploring your sexual health is a lifelong journey and it's crucial for your overall health and wellness. So if everything you just said, do you want to live a life of pleasure? Do you want to be connecting with your partner until the, your dying day? Do you want to feel good about yourself? Do you want to be sexually satisfied? If your answer is yes, now at least they know what the goal is and what they're trying to get to. And now when you suggest, guys, I know it's going to be hard, but look in the mirror and take your shirt off. That moment where people may be resistant, they can come back to the fact that they answered the question, that they do want it. Exactly, Lisa. I hope that everyone listening wants it. I hope that you feel that pleasure is your birthright and you all deserve to have pleasure. And if the thing that's keeping you from that, for so many of us, it's our own limiting beliefs. It's the negative mm. self-talk. And I, I deal with that still all the time. I mean, I, I have it in, you know, in my body or in other places and I just have to stop. I mean, it really is a practice of saying, okay, you know, I am... I have all these things going, all these things in my life. I have great friends, I have a lot of love, and my body's amazing, and it can do all of these things. And, and I am my own worst critic. We are our own worst enemies. If we can also remember that, it's just really important to take a step back that your thoughts are not the truth. And your thoughts are actually something that is keeping you from living the life that you want and finding the partners you want. And confidence in the bedroom or confidence in the boardroom really just starts with you and realizing that you, you know, again, that you deserve it and then you deserve to take the time to feel good and what, you know, and surrounding yourself with people that make you feel good. And the other thing I want to say about this too is if you are doing things, if you're following people on social media that make you feel bad, unfollow those people. Find people who are more like you. Find bodies that represent your body type. You know, surround yourself with sex positive messages and body positive messages. It's, it's, it's unrealistic standards that we see. Everyone's airbrushed. There's so many great accounts that sort of show you that now in social media they're like this is what happened this is how i really look this is how i'm standing i mean we have to remember that that we are holding ourselves up to the unreal unrealistic expectations we have of ourselves but also in society that isn't even real and so like where is it coming from like it's it could be that for some people they had a partner maybe once they had a partner who shamed them or who said oh you know i don't love your breasts or i don't this this thing's out of place your left breast bigger than your right and we carry that on for a lifetime. Like I have people who call into my show and they're like, 20 years ago, a woman said something about my penis and now I can't, you know, I don't even know how I'm ever gonna find someone. Wow. And just, again, that, that was somebody else's belief. It's not the truth. And what do you want to believe? Because if you're thinking that we get to program our own thoughts, like we are in charge, Let's program it with the good ones. Let's program with the thoughts and the beliefs that serve us, you know? And, and, and I think just recognizing that that's what it is is your very first step. That, oh, maybe it's not true. Maybe I am lovable. Maybe I can't have incredible sex at any, at any size, you know, with anything in my body. We are all capable of, you know, we all have a mind. Our brain's the largest sexual organ. But if it's filled with, you know, crap that's preventing <laughs> us from having sex, it's not going to work. So once we can release those messages, and go towards our sensuality and desire, we'd be better off.
If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. I love that girl. And I think you even said it, like surrounding yourself with body positive people who are open also to talk about sex. Because I grew up in a house, no one spoke about sex ever. My mum never walked around naked. It was always like, from as early as I can remember, even boobs were always covered up. And so I remember the very first time I went to one of those spa places, I was something like 16. And I remember walking in and everyone was nude. And I was like, so ashamed. I was like embarrassed. I was like looking down, putting my hand. I was like, I can't look at the boobs. Like I had, but it all came from the way that I was brought up, that bodies are to be hidden, that bodies are not shameful, but like actually, yeah, that probably was like that internal like interpretation that I got. So it took me a long time to be okay with it. And here's the thing, have a friend like you, girl. Like, mm-hmm. you just say stuff that is so, like, <laughs> oh, I just listened to your show, but you are so open, so honest, so non-shameful um, or judgmental about the subjects that even just being amazing friends with you has allowed me to lean into it more. And mm-hmm. having people around you that can talk about it with no shame, that can talk about it with empowerment, 
is beautiful. And I think that, do you remember Sex in the City? Yes, of course. Right? Like, the reason why I think that show did so freaking well is because women are now, we're normalizing the discussions that we've been told are supposed to be shameful, that you're not supposed to talk about. And that was the first show that said, no, 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 you should be talking about this. Girlfriends do talk about this. And in talking about it, it's knowledge, it's removing the shame, it's removing the embarrassment, it's removing the judgment. And so being around someone like you who can talk openly is beautiful. And that's why I love having you on the show so much because I just want to keep talking about it to normalize it. Exactly. Once we start to talk about it, you know, the more people that you hear talking about it, yeah, it definitely feels more comfortable talking to your friends, talking to your kids. I mean, it's important to talk to everybody about it. Sex. I mean, it's really, yeah, thank you. We shouldn't yeah. have so much shame, Lisa, at all. So, okay, now I want to go back to, there was actually one thing that you said earlier that I okay. didn't want to interrupt you, but talking about the confidence, so like having it within yourself and um, with a partner, but putting yourself out there, going on your first date, people want to be confident. People want to show up as their, their true selves, and maybe they do. But once it starts to get sexual, let's say you've even been faking the confidence to get on that first date, right? You want to go on this first date, you really like the person, you hear that confidence is sexy, they've just watched this episode, so they're like, right, I'm going to go in there really confident. Even if I have to fake it a bit, even if I'm not quite sure of myself, I understand it, so I'm going to go in. At what point do you say now you're kind of faking it to a partner and you're not showing your true self. Mm. And how do you stay confident and at the same time show your vulnerability that sometimes you're not always confident? Mm. You know, I guess it's sort of nuanced because what do you, if you're showing up as confident, like how do you define, like when you're saying you show up as confident, it's the way that you're walking, you're coming in, you're talking about things that you love about your life, things that are great. You know, they often say that on our first few dates, we show up, our representative shows up. Right. That's not, my point. Yeah. We're showing up as our representative yeah. and we are not showing our vulnerabilities. We're not talking about the shit day we had. We're not talking about all the things that have gone wrong. We're like, here's all the things going right. And hopefully sooner than later, maybe it's the third date. Maybe it's, you know, these days I'm just so open with everyone and I'm like, well, you really want to know what's going on? I'm so open about my vulnerabilities because I've found the more that I talk about it that it sort of takes the, it takes the, um, the charge out of it. It levels the playing field so people are like, oh, I really see who you are. And then other people feel safe opening up as well. Mm -hmm. So if I'm on a date and I say, yeah, you know, I'm just, things are great with work, but, you know, lately I've been struggling trying to figure out you know, after this pandemic, if I want, what kind of relationship I want. I haven't really been sure. Up until now, I've been kind of just dating a bunch of people, but now I'm actually thinking that I would like to, you know, get more serious with somebody or whatever your yeah. thing is. I think telling people the truth about where you're at is also really sexy. Is also like, if you feel that I've just shown up in this really superficial place, but, but the problem is, Lisa, so many people don't know that they're even doing it. Like, they don't even think That's it's okay. That's point. I think those, the, I mean. How do you actually then break I, that habit? Okay, so I've done so much work on myself and with others that I just can tell. And, like, I've been out with this person three times, four times. And they've never expressed any concern about anything. Everything in their life is perfect. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong. And I happen to know the human condition. And everybody's going to suffer in some way. There's got to be some things that we're all concerned about. It doesn't have to be like, I don't need you to break down and cry right now. I don't need you to tell me about this deep, dark secrets of your family. But like, 
has everything really been perfect? Even if your mindset is great. And so I guess what I'm saying is I want to know that you're real. Mm-hmm. Something, maybe you got a parking ticket today and it sucked. Like I'm not saying you have to talk about your childhood trauma, but I just don't believe that everything is perfect for everybody all the time. In fact, I know it's not. And, and I get that a lot of us are conditioned to sort of always show the best part of yourself. And that's how we were raised in our homes. We were told that don't talk about anything negative. And I just think that the world really, really has, is sort of changing right now, especially with social media and people being really real and honest about their struggles. Mm. But I've just come to expect that with people. So I think I try to share something. Hopefully they'll share something. And to me, that is humanity. That's knowing that you're sitting across from a real person. But that's a practice, I think, with friends, you know, with your family with someone you're dating. So I think that's how you know, if you feel like, do I really know this person? Because let me tell you, if you think this person's your everything and they're perfect and clearly we're getting married and they, they check off every box on my list, it's like, it's just not, it's just not reality that someone's going to be perfect. I think you have to strike perfection. I'm trying to find the perfect partner from your language because that person doesn't exist. So they often say, you know, you marry someone or you commit to somebody and you have to understand like, Sometimes people say you're choosing somebody who, whose difficulties you can work with, whose challenges you can work with. So I just think that the sooner you can get to the truth of that, who that person is, the better. I love that answer because that is such a like a self-assessment, right? That's a, okay, what do I want from someone? I want someone to be super real with me. And then after X amount of dates, am I sensing that? Are they not? I love that. Um, and then also one other thing as you were talking is the like the jealousy angle. Like there was a part, especially before I had built the confidence within me to think about all the women Tom slept with before me. And am I going to measure up? And am I going to oh. be as good? And then like that stress and, you know, everything. So again, like the confidence part is such a strong thing when it comes to every aspect. I love that you brought up confidence in the bedroom. It has to do with partners. I get this all the time in my show too. People are so worried that they are not as um they're not as experienced as their yeah. partner so that means they're going to be a terrible lover that means they, they constantly think all the people their partner slept with they have the conversation which i say never have this conversation the body count conversation or it used to just be how many people you've slept with never have the discussion at Do all not ever have the discussion ever, ever. people who have it in their 20s hopefully they're not having it all the time sometimes you lose count but still <laughs> you should never have this conversation because we are setting ourselves up for failure and so my thing is that like, because you're thinking, oh, they've slept with too many people. So they're really, you know, they're, they're, they're slutty. Well, usually women get judged harsher than men, yes. but they're, they're super slutty or they're, they, they have more experience than I do. Oh, they haven't had enough. So that means they're not going to be able to bring it in the bedroom, but you can't judge how good someone's going to be in the bedroom by how many people they've slept with. You know, I've eaten a lot of meals and that does not make me a chef. <laughs> like I'm not a chef by any way. So why does why do you, why do we think it matters? Is it out of um, almost comparison? It's comparison, yeah. And comparison is what the thief of joy. joy. It really is. I mean, comparison is a thief of joy. And this is just a way that you know you're going to compare when you get that information. So if if I think that we just have to remember that to, to kind of finish the point here is that just because someone's had a lot of partners, because mm. I think that there's a lot of people listening and watching this are going, yeah, I've been worried about that forever because I probably get asked this question every week and several times that every time you're with a new partner, you have the opportunity to become a, the, a great lover because all you have to do is pay attention, mm-hmm. get curious, slow down, 
oh, I see that, you know, this partner's, she's reacting to my kisses on her neck, or he mm. looks like he's pulling, moving towards me and not away from me. So all the information we need with a new sexual partner is right there in the moment. It's not about, you know, the experience of having all these partners that's going to dictate your ability to have a successful sexual relationship with someone. Yeah, because that's one thing that I hear a lot in relationships is, you know, um, the ex. It's always, you know, usually the we jealousy about, we the love talk about the ex. The ex, listen, they're the ex for a reason. They're not with their ex. And, I mean, think about it. Like, again, to use a meal example, I've had some great meals, but, like, every time I have, I go out and I have a steak, I'm not like, oh, I really wish this was that steak I had two years ago. That was the, it was medium rare. Um, this one's just medium well. I mean, we just don't do that. And I think that we think since sex is not talked about enough, mm. we put it on a pedestal for even our partners who might not even be, they're not even thinking that way. So blow their mind by being focused, by being present. Blow mm. their mind by being, you know, by being attentive, by being open, and by being confident in your own body, by doing your own work. And so if you won't do the exposure exercise or you don't even want to look at the mirror, then at least become your greatest lover first. Understand your body. What feels good to you? What, what turns you on? What are your desires? What are your fantasies? What are your deal breakers? Because instead of going out with someone thinking, you know, are they, do they like me? Are they gonna like me? How about do you like them? Like, I'd like to reverse that right now because we often think like, well, I don't know if they like me, are they gonna call me? But did you like them? <laughs> did you actually like them? Was it a good sexual experience? Was it a good dinner that you had with them, a good date? And, and again, that goes back to our own insecurities. I want to be liked, I want to be liked, and we forget, do I actually like this person? My God, I love that you said that because it wasn't until I met Tom that I was like, oh, yeah, I can be pleasured. You know, with my ex-boyfriends, it was always, you know, oh my God, are they satisfied? Are they satisfied? Okay. I never asked myself if I was satisfied until I met Tom and he asked me. And I'm like, isn't it crazy that he asked me before I asked myself? This is why you're with him for 20 years. It's very rare. I mean, that's this is what I encourage all the time is that women, I'm going to say women, it is true, we are often raised that sex is performative and that we are supposed to perform to please our partners. It's all about what our partner wants. And if, if they had if they felt good and our partners had pleasure, then it was a good, it was a good sex session mm -hmm. because I please them. And that's what we think experience means. I know how to please mm -hmm. a partner. But the truth is, it's about do we know ourselves? So I just want, if you get take anything from this, like the confidence is gonna come from knowing yourself. What do you want? What feels good to you? And if you don't know, that's fine too. You could even tell your partner, you know, I'm on a journey right now trying to figure out my own body. I feel for many years, I was all about pleasing my partner, but do you wanna learn with me? Should we do some mutual pleasure sessions? Should we have a night that's about my pleasure, a night that's about your pleasure? And I just think being really honest about where you're at mm. is because I find that the partners that you actually want to be with, they want to please you. They're like a Tom mm. Bill you. They're going to say, what feels good to you? And I get it. I had people ask me that. And I, I, would, I would say before I did this work, everything feels good. I know mm. everything you're doing is great. Because I, I didn't know. The, first of all, I didn't know the answer of what I never thought about what felt good to me didn't know what to say, and I actually didn't think they wanted to know. I didn't think it was okay. I just, for so many reasons, I just said everything is good. And also, I didn't know what to, what, what to suggest otherwise. Because even if it didn't feel good, I didn't know to say, oh, actually, I like a little softer touch. Right. I want you to slow down a bit. Mm. Let's go back to the kissing. That felt really good. I didn't even think it was okay. 
I mean, I'm confident because I know myself now. And isn't that what confidence is about? It is so true. And then the next step, even <laughs> when you're knowing, is to be able to then tell them. Because as you were talking, I was like remembering how like, when I was first with Tom, I was too embarrassed to just tell him, even though he was super open. And so I was like, maybe if my noises give him a hint, but it's like, why am I hinting? Like now I look back and I'm like, I didn't have the confidence to just sit with him or let him know, hey, I love this. And so, you know, being like, okay, well, if I'm silent, maybe he gets the point that this isn't interesting. And then maybe if I just make a lot of noise <laughs> when he does one thing, then hopefully he gets the hint that I'm liking it. Well, that's actually really great. I mean, that's actually what I, I advise people all the time. If you want to start, yeah, start with making start. noises, yeah. start breathing. If your breath quickens, I mean, here's a way to know if your partner's turned on, is her breath quickening? You know, is her face flushing? Is she moving towards you or is she moving away from you? I mean, there's all these, you know, a lot of what we say is nonverbal. So that's part of it. So you were on the right track. Yeah, but the confidence also comes, well, clearly you're doing a lot right with him here. But the confidence also comes from the ability to talk about it outside the bedroom. Right. Not have these conversations in the moment because that can be hard too. And just saying, this is really hard for me. I don't often talk about these things. And, but I just know that it's going to be, you know, how we're really going to connect and be the best lovers to each other. So let's talk about our turn-ons. Let's talk about what feels good. And then it becomes a joint, it becomes a, something that you're sharing with your partner. Like you're both deeply invested in, in, in having a healthy sex life. When you're with partners that you think don't care or don't know, or you can't have these conversations, then you are going to be, you're, it's going to be really hard to build that confidence if you don't know what your partner's thinking and you don't know your own body. It's, it's a lot harder. Find the partners that are invested in pleasure, that have a growth mindset around sex mm -hmm. and pleasure. Those are the ones you want to be with. And how do you, like, in certain moments, because, again, I'm just projecting my own sexual experience, um, <laughs> that you don't think it's about you. Like, there are certain times when you're with someone where you're like, oh, my God, you know, like, they know me, or, you know, you've been with them for a while, but, like, something isn't just quite right. Like, at least for me, I go to blaming myself first. For instance... Your guy can't get hard. Oh, it's thank all you. me. Let's go there. It's me. I can't. Uh, I can't. I'm so glad you're bringing this up, Lisa. She, he can't get hard. She can't have an orgasm. It's all my fault. Um, it's so not true. And I just want you to know that that it's that your partner's ability to be aroused really has very little to do with with you as a lover, and and it could do with testosterone hormones, stress. Stress is the biggest killer of our sex drive. The number one, if you have any stress in your life, it's going to impact your ability to, you know, stay hard, get hard. I, mean, I have a friend who was married for 20 years and for the first time her husband wasn't able to stay hard and she called me and she's like, what's going on? Is he having an affair? I'm like, he's in his 40s now. Mm. Like loss of testosterone happens to everyone. She was just like shocked because we so quickly, we take the blame. And it's just, again, it comes from talking about sex more, having accurate sex information, and, and, and asking our partner, simply saying, what, what do you think is going on there? Like, I noticed that you weren't as hard as usual. You didn't keep your erection. Is there anything, you know? I, I'm so here for you. I just want to know. What, what do you think is going on? And, and then see what they have to say. And do you think that if you can't have that conversation, then maybe your relationship isn't what it needs to be in the first place? Yes. I, well... This is not going to be it. This is, most people are not having these conversations, I'm fully aware. Mm -hmm. But I do know that couples who have talked about their sex life consistently and in a healthy way 
are more likely to have satisfying sex, their relationships last longer, and there's more pleasure all around. But I know this is not, I mean, I've been working on this a long time. I hope that people walk away from this thinking, oh yeah, I realize that I've never talked about this. And, and it might be, again, to give you confidence, just, it's okay to say to your partner, this is really hard for me too. I realize we've never talked about this, mm. but I really think that we could be the best lovers to each other if we could learn to get over our shame, because usually it's shame and it's fear of rejection or it's just fear all around, which is false evidence appearing real, remember that. <laughs> and once you remember that, you're like, okay, I'm gonna get through this because it's so worth it. I mean, think of everything else we do in our lives that we get past fear, right? Public speaking or taking a new job or all the things we do, but let's get over the fear in our sex life and the fear of even having conversations about our sex mm -hmm. life. Because your partner not organizing, orgasming doesn't mean that she didn't, I'm talking about a lot of heterosexual relationships right now, but yeah, sure. if your partner can't have an orgasm, I guarantee you it's not because anything's wrong with your penis. Maybe she's never had one. Maybe she doesn't know her own body. You know, there's just so mm. many things. So I think before we go inward and start to beat ourselves up, just have a conversation, have a healthy conversation and remember to be open and to be curious and to be non-judgmental and to be an active listener. You know, that's that's what's really important. I love that so much. And that was one thing actually that um, I remind myself because if you've been in a relationship, so I, I'm hoping that this episode ends up really impacting people in different areas of their lives, like depending on if they're just starting to date or if they've been in a relationship for a long time. And then I was starting to think for myself that when you get in a relationship for a long time, you do end up getting comfortable. And then if things change, like you said with your caller, you go into panic mode because you think you know everything, mm -hmm. right? And so because you're my good friend and because <laughs> like, you know, I'm very comfortable talking about sex and you know, I've been with Tom for a long time and I'm talk you know, got comfortable talking to him. I was able to turn to him like six months ago and basically like, babe, you know, you don't really crack on to me. You know, you don't grab my ass as much as you used to. And he's like, babe, I'm in my forties. I met you when I was in my early twenties. He's like, it's not gonna be, you know, it's right. not gonna be the same. And I swear to God, girl, immediately I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And I could have, my mind, oh, I yeah. could have spun, like, am I not? given him enough attention anymore? Am I spending too much time on the business? Am I not dressing sexy anymore? Do I not make an effort? Like, I haven't shaved my legs in three days. <laughs> Is that making a difference? Like, I could have 100% have gotten in my own head Absolutely. about it being me. And you just asked him, and he's like, I'm just not thinking about it, but your ass looks great. You're like, great, move about the, move about the cabin. <laughs> I mean, we just, we do, we just, we just trip ourselves out and we have to stop. And that is the practice of just I mean, to me, it just comes from the pause, from meditation, from slowing down. And before I, before I catch myself, before anyone catches myself going off on this trip, mm -hmm. asking the question, mm -hmm. what's the truth? We're so used to beating ourselves up and finding that we are the, you know, we are the problem. When most of the time, we're not. And we don't often look at the sex part of a relationship as like an important part as much, right? Like, so I've done so many episodes on the show about relationships and. Every time I talk about relationships, I think about all the elements that um, that go along with it. So like with confidence, it's like people may not think of that as being an important part, but it is. Like with sex, people don't talk about sex enough. This is what upsetting me. We're not even allowed to teach sex ed in schools. We still can't say sex on television in certain ways or show certain images and then people see porn. I mean, I think we are not there yet at all, but we are, you know, thank you for having me on to talk about it. The more we talk about it, the better it gets. We talk to our kids, our family, our lovers. 
Yeah, we're not really there yet. Because if you were raised in a home, which most people were, where either it wasn't okay, it was shamed, you grew up in a religious home, you were told it wasn't okay to touch yourself, it wasn't okay to be sexual. And let's say that was your environment growing up till you were 18. And even if you left your home and now you're 35, you know, or in your 40s, if you haven't done any work around it, meaning, does that still serve me? Do I still believe that it's not okay to be sexual? Do I? It's still going to infiltrate every thought you have about sex, every time you have sex. So we have to do our own work about like reprogramming our brains and thinking about, you know, surrounding ourselves with sex positive messages. And there's still a lot of work to do. Well, girl, you were leading that work. You were putting out all that sex positivity. And I just want to thank you again for always coming on the show and freaking just blowing our minds and giving such gold to women so that they can really show up to be the best selves. Where can people find you, find everything you're doing? Oh, my God. Well, I, I love being on your show. You're so good, Lisa. The way you interview, the way you support women, everything you do. You're such a dear friend, and I just adore you. Oh, They can find me everything's at Sex with Emily on all social media, it's Sex with Emily, at Sex with Emily, YouTube, all the places. Amazing. All right, guys, go check her out. Get body confident. Get confidence in the bedroom. And if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. And if you're not subscribed, guys, hit that subscribe button down there. And until next time, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.